Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The FT Welcome to the FT Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk of the Financial Times. In this podcast, James Crabtree looks at the reality behind the vow of Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi to double production at Coal India in five years, as a looming energy crisis threatens his goal of turning the country into a manufacturing powerhouse. Skeptics say his target is impossible in an industry marred by entrenched inefficiency and corruption and facing rising concern over pollution. Now James reports from the coal face in West Bengal. A large, colourfully painted sign hangs above the entrance to the depths of Jandra, the largest underground mine in West Bengal's Raniganj coal belt. The left side shows Indian mining as it once was, with roughly drawn cartoon figures wielding basic shovels and carrying woven baskets of coal balanced on their heads. The right paints a more modern scene with large yellow mining machines operated by skilled technicians. Take the cage-like lift down hundreds of meters into the darkness below and walk for nearly an hour through narrow tunnels in stifling heat. And that second image suddenly becomes real as a cutting vehicle with fierce rotating metal teeth known as a continuous miner and built by U.S. manufacturer Caterpillar rips tons of black rock from the coalface. Mining technologies such as these can help India stave off a looming energy crisis, argues Sutita Bhattacharya, chairman of state-backed Coal India, which runs Jandra and produces roughly 80% of the country's coal supplies. Energy demand in India is set to soar over the next two decades, but supplies of coal, its dominant energy source, are barely increasing, and India faces a future dogged by power cuts and reliant on expensive fuel imports. The fundamental objective of our country is that coal availability goes up and there is 24-7 power for everyone, says Mr. Bhattacharya describing his task in patriotic terms. It's a view his workers share. Deep underground, one miner says he isn't worried about missing out on India's cricket team, who at that moment are midway through a crucial contest in the Sports World Cup. If we don't come down here, none of our countrymen will have power to watch, he says, wiping sweat off his forehead. For us, coal mining is a mission for the nation. Narendra Modi, Prime Minister, would surely agree... Coal provides more than half of his country's energy and is set to remain its most important fuel source for decades, even while India tries to boost other power sources, such as nuclear and renewables, while also avoiding rapid Chinese-style deteriorations in air quality. India will also overtake the US to become the world's second-largest coal consumer by 2025, going on to replace China as the dominant source of new global coal demand. But without more coal, Mr. Modi's hopes of propelling his country towards economic superpower status are in jeopardy. Yet India's mining record is miserable, leaving power stations idling for lack of fuel and citizens plagued by blackouts. Its coal industry is marred by corruption too. The Supreme Court in September cancelled hundreds of licenses given to private companies over the past two decades in a scandal widely known as Coalgate. 
Dozens of these have been re-auctioned over recent months, and this week marked the deadline for many to be handed over to new owners, heralding something of a fresh start for the nation's battered resources sector. Yet these auctions are only the first of many larger challenges facing Mr Modi as he tries to ramp up coal production and reshape India's energy sector, beginning with an ambitious target to double Coal India's production to around 1 billion tonnes by 2020. If that goal is missed, many of the Prime Minister's cherished political goals, from providing power to hundreds of millions of his countrymen to transforming the nation into a manufacturing powerhouse, will be trashed along with it. His progress will have significant implications for global energy markets. Global resources companies, such as Rio Tinto and BHP Billiton, hope India will open up its state-dominated mining sector and pick up some of the slack as China's decades of energy growth begin to slow and Beijing attempts to wean itself off coal amid a wider fight against pollution. But it is even more important for India itself, where a gradual economic recovery under Mr Modi is set to see the country overtake China next year to become the world's fastest-growing major economy, but only if it can find sufficient energy to sustain its growth. It's a considerably tall order, there's no doubt about it, says Tom Albanese, chief executive at India's Vedanta Resources and former head of Rio Tinto. Getting this right is one of his, meaning Mr Modi's, and India's biggest challenges, he continues. The stakes are very high because every economy around the world has seen that the cost of energy is critical for growth. India does not lack for coal. Its soil hides 67 billion tons of the stuff, the world's fifth largest reserves, and more than enough to provide plentiful, cheap fuel for decades to come. Rather, its problem is digging it up fast enough. Here, Coal India has an especially bad reputation. Production has barely budged in five years. The miner cites problems finding new land for mines, winning environmental clearances, and poor rail capacity to deliver coal to its customers. But many blame the company itself, which is 80% government-owned and run by cautious bureaucrats, for failing to improve productivity. Such problems are hardly new. Coal India's lackluster record prompted the government to hand mining licenses to many well-known industrial tycoons around two decades ago. As today, purely commercial mining was banned. But the thinking went that these businesses could use these mines to supply their own power stations and steel mills, lessening reliance on Coal India, albeit while beginning an allocation process that led to last year's Supreme Court cancellations. Despite this, Coal India remains the country's dominant fuel provider, and its inefficiencies present an increasingly grave problem. Energy demand is set to double by 2040, according to the International Energy Agency. Most of this will be met by coal. Unless domestic production increases drastically, imports will rise threefold over the same period, helping to make India the world's most energy-import-dependent large economy. Whichever way you cut it, coal is going to be front and centre of India's future energy mix, so supplies have to go up, says Arunaba Ghosh, head of the Council on Energy, Environment and Water, a think tank based in New Delhi. Higher coal use need not lead to horrendous pollution if India also invests heavily in renewable energy, Mr Ghosh suggests. While recent alarm over air quality problems in cities like New Delhi can be tackled by curbing other factors, such as the burning of agricultural waste and reducing construction dust. Even so, the idiosyncrasies of India's coal system make it difficult to increase production in the first place. Most reserves lie in the east of the country, 
in areas often covered by dense forests or affected by a long-running Marxist insurgency. Many of the power stations and factories that need fuel, however, are in the industrialized West, meaning the average ton of coal travels around 650 kilometers before it can be turned into electricity. Mr. Modi cannot do much about these geographical problems. Instead, his hopes for boosting production rest in reforming Coal India, which has been in public hands since Prime Minister Indira Gandhi nationalized mining in the 1970s. Her creation is now the world's largest miner by output, with more than 350,000 staff and a market capitalization of $38 billion that makes it one of India's 10 most valuable companies. In fact, Coal India is not a single company at all. Rather, it is an unwieldy conglomerate comprising eight mostly autonomous regional divisions whose output per worker is around a tenth of comparable Chinese firms. Most of its nearly 500 mines are underground and tend to be loss-making. Its strip mines are more profitable, providing more than 90% of output, but these are also more environmentally destructive, guzzling up land. Relocating villages to clear space to expand them is our first, second, and third biggest challenge says A.K. Sengupta, deputy head of the Sonipur Bazari open-cast mine in West Bengal. Coal India's chairman says production can rise quickly despite all of this, from 490 million tonnes this year to around 908 million tonnes by 2020, which is not far shy of Mr. Modi's 1 billion tonne target. He's also at pains to dismiss images of India's medieval mining conditions. This is a myth, he says. We are a modern operation. He points to investments of nearly $2 billion next year in equipment and infrastructure. The Jandra underground mine is one example. Production will double over the next two years, with the introduction of a gigantic new long-wall mining machine due to arrive on a ship from China next month. Even so, Mr. Bhattacharya admits many things are outside his control. Government permission to expand mines needs to happen faster. India's state-owned railways must raise capacity, notably by finishing three new rail lines to cart fuel out of coal-producing areas. And that is just the start. IEA figures suggest that $41 billion worth of energy-related transport investment is needed by 2035, alongside $53 billion in mining more generally. Many are skeptical. There is very little chance it, meaning Coal India, can do what needs to be done, says Sanjeev Prasad head of research at Kotak Institutional Equities in Mumbai. Instead, he predicts the state-backed miner will increase production marginally, leaving India facing a supply gap of 252 million tonnes by 2020, or a fifth of its total coal needs. The result will be a hefty increase in expensive imports, hitting the finances of major industrial companies with damaging knock-on effects for a banking system already struggling under the weight of bad debts. Not everything comes down to Coal India, of course. Mr. Modi now plans to auction more so-called captive coal licenses, allowing further private companies to supply their own industrial facilities and helping to increase production overall. India this month also passed legislation that could allow purely commercial mining. The door is opening, slowly, says Mr. Albanese, arguing that only foreign for-profit miners can bring the new technologies and capital that the Indian resources sector needs. Mr. Modi's energy predicament may push him to consider even more radical options, however, especially for Coal India. The miner could be broken up, letting its various divisions compete against one another, or gradually privatized by selling down the government's majority stake. 
So far, Mr. Modi's government, in power for less than one year, has shown little enthusiasm for such measures, especially given the battle they would entail with powerful, strike-prone trade unions. But many think they cannot be avoided forever. It should be turned over to the private sector, no matter how difficult that proves, says Mr. Prasad of Kotak Institutional Equities. India's energy system is in a mess. The economy isn't going to grow at 9 or 10% again until this is fixed. So big steps need to be considered. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.